ring. Hello, and welcome back again to RPG Quest, the podcast where we do not play D&D. And uh, we are once again jumping back into a bit of bonus Call of Cthulhu with the, the modern day scenario called Ladybug, Ladybug Fly Away Home. Uh, my name is Chris. I am your host and keeper. But of course, as always, the real stars of the show are our brave investigators. And uh, joining me for, for this scenario is Nicole, a.k.a. FBI agent Theo Bloom. Hello. Hello. And uh, Panda, a.k.a. Brendan, a.k.a. Uh, retired ATF officer, Frank Bosco. Yo. A uh, consulting investigator on this this case, um, which, uh, well, the case you're investigating is uh, a child abduction, which happened uh, this Thursday evening at about 6.30 p.m. when uh, young Regina Balfour, just five years old, was snatched from her mother while they were shopping in a, uh, in a bed, bath and beyond big box store in Beechwood, Cleveland, Ohio. The little girl was snatched from the trolley and there was a, a brief uh, tussle as the, uh, the abductor tried to go back for her ladybug backpack. And then through the, uh, the child in the back of a car, a Ford Taurus tan-colored sedan, which drove off with the second abductor and the child before he uh, ran back into the store, waving a firearm, shooting one of the, the workers in the kneecap before, um, I guess, kind of creating a distraction long enough until the police finally arrived and uh, shooting himself. The abductor has been identified as George Lewinston, uh, himself a retired ATF officer, someone who, uh, well, years ago, Frank Bosco had worked with. You identified him. Now Cleveland police and detectives are uh, looking for both this, this Ford Taurus to see if they can find it and find the little girl. And also they're, uh, they've headed to his house to um, see what they might find there. While that was going on, though, our, um, our investigators uh, looked up a bit of a history of the, uh, the Balfour family. They are known to um, the ATF and the FBI. They're on a, the FBI radical domestic terror watch list and have been investigated previously by the ATF under suspicions of, I guess, possession of illegal firearms. But those investigations turned up nothing. The family claim that they've been persecuted by the government for years now, and actually, Theo, upon questioning the family, you managed to learn that at some point, you didn't get an exact date, but at some point in the past, there was a, um, a case where Child Protective Services tried to remove Regina Balfour from their care and put them into, into foster care. You questioned the family, they left, and I think we were at that point now, it's about 8.30 p.m. on the Thursday evening, maybe coming closer to 9 p.m., when you were heading back up to where your office had been set up in the Cleveland PD building, where Lucy Bates, Theo's commanding officer in the FBI, FBI agent and head of the, the Missing and Exploited Children's Task Force, Lucy Bates, which you'd set up, and she is um, doing some work. I believe you were going up there to um, brief her on what you'd learned after speaking with the family and to perhaps have a few more, a few more leads to look into, um, perhaps looking up Regina's medical records and uh, also 
uh, looking into these, um, see if you, seeing if you can get these court case files on the Balfour family from when the uh, Child Protective Services previously tried to take Regina out of their care. Uh, yep. Um, one of the leads that I want to investigate is uh, pertains to the medication because we want to see whether anyone has actually tried to get their hands on this particular type of medication in the last couple of hours. Yeah, great lead. Yep. And uh, I believe the second one was the trying to get court records on the family. Yeah. Yeah, I think we might take different tacks on this um, where you're a little more focused on like the way we can track down the uh, the child, I think Frank is more focused on like who are the enemies of the, the family from his uh, bit talking to the father. So I'll go with the the court records lead. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you this as well. As you're up in the office with Lucy Bates briefing her on, on everything that you found out, she mentions that she can follow up on both of those and, and, and try and get those records to you as soon as possible. But she suggests that... Um, since the, the, the local police and detectives have already gone to canvas George Lewinston's house, she suggests um, perhaps if you want to, while she's chasing up those files, head over to his uh, home in Cleveland and see if you can glean anything from, uh, from there. Yeah, I mean, um, before we do that, has his daughter um, shown up yet? Or is that going to be like... A later thing. Not yet. Lucy Bates... As they indicated they would call her. Yeah, Lucy Bates explains that they've they've contacted her and she'll be coming in soon, but she hasn't arrived yet. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, the joys of having a whole team on your side. Um, <laughs> I guess let's go check out this house. Yeah, great. You, you uh, leave Cleveland PD and attempt to, to drive over to um, George's residence. Are you taking separate cars? What's the car situation? I mean, I feel like it's more efficient if we share cars. Yeah, true. Um, you were driven here, but I, I drove here, so my Jeep would be parked in the garage. Yeah. I can, I can drive. Yeah, no problem. Um, you head down and see, uh, what is it, a Jeep Wrangler? Yeah, yeah. Pro- probably like a bit older too, like a mid-2000s like hardtop Wrangler. <laughs> And uh, what state is the interior in as uh, Theo goes to step in the passenger seat? Um, I mean, the car is clean on the outside, but the inside's probably fairly trashed, like files and stuff everywhere. Um, he spends a lot of time traveling between places, so uh, probably probably looks like a car that's been on the road a lot. I'm not going to mess up your system if I move this, right? That'll be fine. There's no system. Uh, just throw it in the back with the others. Yeah, I guess I can clear a path to, to sitting in the front seat. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, and yeah, you, you depart from Cleveland PD and, and, and make your way this rainy evening uh, towards George Lewinston's house. Um, given that, you know, you were able to identify him pretty quickly as you arrived, there's already police tape up out the front. There's already a, a team searching for anything that might look like evidence as you pull up <sighs> all right this is gonna be the second time in uh less than three hours that i ask you to take the lead but um there's a chance <sighs> i don't know how to say that there's there's a chance that uh i might get a bit distracted in here we were friends at one point so yeah if i uh if i get a little weird just just 
You do you. All right. Mm, I appreciate the heads up, and I understand that this might be difficult, but you did know him. I, c- I could use that insight. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'm not saying that I'm just going to check out. I'm just saying uh, if I get caught up on something, don't let that hinder your part of the investigation. I won't. Um, yeah, I'm going to probably just stroll up to whoever looks to be you know, directing people and get them to let us in. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, you, you, you stroll up to um, where this uniformed officer is, is keeping the perimeter and he sort of goes to put up a hand, but you flash the, flash the FBI badge and uh, Bosco, you follow flashing your own credentials and um, he kind of gestures you through and uh, says, uh, oh, FBI, huh? That's right. All right. Uh, follow me and um yeah he leads you in you see the front door is open and there's some more movement inside so you see there's a couple more officers and um some that appear to be detectives as well gathering up things and combing the house uh detectives what have we found oh uh well uh i've been trying to look for anything that looks like evidence uh get some financial records um unfortunately this was all that was left of his computer and his phone and it looks like they've been destroyed um, with a sledgehammer left in pieces. Mm. More than welcome to have a look around, see if you can find anything. Thank you. Let us know if you come across anything else of note. Yep. Um, all right, so the computer and the phone are a bust. Uh, has he got, like, an office? Um, yeah, each of you can give me a spot-hidden roll as you comb through the various rooms of this of his house. Uh, that is a 44 versus 60, uh, so success. Nice. And uh, what about for Frank Bosco? <laughs> he's he's wrapped up in the weirdness of this moment. It's a 98 versus 60, I feel. Yeah, Frank's just kind of tuning out as you walk through. Everywhere you, you, you try and walk, you, you feel like you're getting in the way of other officers combing the house already. Um, you do wander into the, the garage, though, and notice that his car is, is still there, parked there. But for uh, Theo, as you're going through, um, yeah, there's uh, another detective in his office. It looks like they've already combed through uh, everything there. It doesn't seem like there's anything that they've left unturned. As you kind of look through, there's like, you know, old old case files. So he's done some consulting on various cases from the ATF. Um, there's, a, there's a detective in there who's, who's been combing through it all. Um, but then something jumps out at you. You actually notice in the office a book, the book of the Passover angel, as revealed to Reverend John Balfour. Bosco, get over here. Look familiar? Yeah, I don't know. I think he's still, like, again, that, that clear fail, I think he's still just in a weird, a weird space. Exactly as he, you know, said, this is, I'm going to be weird. Hey, I get it, but there is a child missing. I need you to focus. Yeah, well. Was George ever, was he a religious man? No. Do you think he was investigating the Balfours on the side? Uh, maybe, but I doubt it. So what? 
I mean, I hate to say it, but it's easier to believe that he got mixed up in something he thought he could handle and couldn't than he was a double agent. Um, flicking through the book, is it just as kind of crazy as it seems it would be? Yeah, it's, um... Everything you'd you'd expect. It sort of talks about the revelations that that John John Balfour has revealed, and you know that he says he's experienced. It's a cheap paperback. It's about two hundred pages, and there are four chapters. The first two are just basically word for word reprints of the the King James versions of the Book of um, Genesis and Exodus. Um, the third chapter is called the Kenyan Revelations, and this is like authored by Reverend John himself. It's pretty short. It sort of, you know, talks about his his youth mission to Kenya, and then the fourth chapter is just um, basically a set of bizarre drawings, they like a, an appendix to the Kenyan revelations, and there are all these charts, drawings, diagrams, all this sort of stuff, um, without any kind of explanation or prose. As you flick through, you can give me very quickly a um, a library use roll as you just skim through this book. <laughs> 90 versus 20. Uh, For me, that's a 70 versus 45. So that is also a failure. Yeah, you know. You can perhaps look through it in more detail if you have time to sit down, but for now, just skimming through, that's kind of all you get from it. Uh, Does it look like it's been marked in any way? Like there's no, you know, uh, bookmarks or highlights or sticky notes or anything? Um, Not that you noticed from skimming through. You might need to sit down and spend a bit more time to see. Um, yeah. Something to, to remember for later. You know, even though it's it's not particularly long, it's still about two hundred pages. I mean I mean we didn't have to pay the twenty nine ninety five to get it, so that's that's a perk. <laughs> that we'll definitely be um bagging this book. Um, are there any other like hints to like religious iconography on the walls or anything? Like does it look like a relatively normal place aside from this crazy book? It looks like a perfectly relatively normal place aside from this book and, and surprisingly clean. Um, there are not even any dirty dishes or, or anything. It looks like the, the place was left very tidy. So with that in mind, I think Bosco would be drawn to checking like three particular things. Um, first being like medicine cabinet, you know, bathroom, how he's getting ready in the morning. Does he have any weird bottles of pills or anything like that? Second being liquor cabinet. Uh, you know, again, is he drinking anything weird? Is his habits changed? Is he drinking a lot? Um, and third being kind of strange, but uh, like a record player, whatever he's been listening to. Uh, is he listening to sermons on tape or CD or podcast? Or is he just, you know, listening to normal music? I think that's his focus. Because he's very, like, I think Frank is a lot more focused on, like, um, what the hell happened to a former partner than where's this kid right now? Yeah, of course. Which is probably why he's so distant. Um, as you sort of comb through, um, spending a bit of time, there's nothing that jumps out at you. The place was really clean. All his dishes were washed and left up. You go into the his bathroom and look in the medicine cabinet. He doesn't seem to be on any medication. You know, you just find mouthwash, razors, toothpaste, you know, that kind of thing. Um, normal Panadol medicine, that sort of stuff. And then, um, yeah, liquor cabinet. There's a few like half drunk bottles. Um, uh, there is an empty bottle of, uh, of whiskey 
scotch whiskey, but um, not, uh, you know, it's not, it's not concerning or anything. It's just in his liquor cabinet in his kitchen. Um, and the fridge, as you open up the fridge, is quite empty. Empty as in, like, n- almost nothing in it? Or, like, there's some takeout boxes or... Like, he's obviously no, not cooking. almost nothing in it. Okay. So he's not been living here. Or it looks... Mm, give me an intelligence roll. 33 versus 60, that's a success. Either he's not been living here, or it looks like he's kind of deliberately cleaned the place out a little bit, uh, knowing that he wasn't ever planning to come okay. back. Um, all right, yeah, again, we'll, we'll convey that to uh, Theo. And that last thing about, you know, music. Like, I don't know if he's old school enough or, like, hipster enough to have records, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or if he just has, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, an iPad or something. Uh, but would try to make an effort to see what he's been, you know, ingesting media-wise. Um, just from personal interest of, like, I don't know. In my experience, people who are super, super religious listen to religious channels. Yeah, of course. Well, um... His um, computer was obviously destroyed. Uh, he doesn't have a record collection. He's got a huge um, CD cabinet that you open up, and it's um, alphabetized um, very, very meticulously. And it's, it's you know, stuff from the 70s and 80s. Um, it's eclectic taste, everything from Black Sabbath to, to Frank Zappa. Yeah, right. I think Bosco just smiles at that. He's like, oh, this one's a winner. <laughs> Puts it back. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we'll we'll go back to Theo and be like, well... Um, I had hoped that it would be as simple as he was drugged or out of his mind or indoctrinated, but I don't see any of that. I mean, it seems like if there was any of that other than the book, he cleaned it out. What do you think? Between that and the fact that he obviously knew Regina's medical condition... We have to assume this was premeditated. I mean, he saw what he did to himself. Yeah. You reckon he's cleaned this place out? Has anyone actually checked the trash? Oh. Hmm. Certainly, like loudly, certainly somebody must have checked the fucking trash, right? <laughs> you know. One of the detectives <laughs> kind of leans up from what he's doing and walks over and is like, yeah, we checked the trash. It's where we found the, uh, the phone and the computer, but uh, not much else. Bit of old food. All right, trashed computer, trashed phone. Well, that's pretty much it. We can we can pull the what are they what are they called? We can pull the card out of this, right? Pull the hard drive out, pull out the SIM card, and get something from it. Yeah. Maybe. Frank says, as somebody who knows nothing about technology. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the guy sh- the guy shakes his head and says. All completely destroyed. I don't think there's any way we're getting any of that back. I guess the only thing we can do now is look at his uh, phone records, financial records, see what he's been up to. What about the neighbors? Anyone uh, canvas the close neighbors, ask him if he's been keeping weird hours, any visitors? Not yet. Fucking get on it. He looks at you. Be my guest. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Bosco laughs and... (laughs) 
I guess I'll just go knock on the first neighbor. Well, first we'll look at Theo. Like, do you think this is a waste of time? But then go to knock on the neighbor's door. <laughs> um, I, I think that what he's doing is trying to, like, compensate for the fact that he's very uncomfortable with trying to be like, oh, I've done this a million times, you know, outwardly. Yeah. Uh, look, Theo is going to look around the place. Like, it, it seems it seems like it's a bit of a bust. Like, it seems like, obviously, George is, you know, tried to cover his tracks so yeah um i'll look to the the officer the detective um and just say we'll finish up here we'll go speak to the neighbors if you see anybody approaching the property let us know he just kind of um does like a a, a sarcastic kind of bow and then uh, turns back to what he was doing i'm sorry what was your name again franklin charles franklin Right, Franklin. Thank you for the cooperation. My pleasure. I'm just going to stare him down a little bit, but then follow Frank out. Yeah. So much more intimidating than Bosco shouting. <laughs> well done. Um, as you walk out and look around, um, the closest house next door, um, before you even approach, uh, you see a little old lady um, standing out on her front little patio like right by the front door kind of almost half of the doorway holding a cat in her arms watching what's going on uh, how are you doing tonight ma'am you, you feeling okay that's a handsome cat you got there oh um uh, yes it's uh uh tim um he's not he's not he, he's not home you know george we know you you look after george did something happen to him I look after Tim. Well, I'm, I'm looking after Tim. Tim is George's cat? That's right. How long have you been looking after Tim? Oh, um, it was just yesterday morning. He said he was going away for a while. Left some, 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 some money for food and, and, and uh, vet bills. He's not doing well, you see. And she sort of strikes the, the cat in her arms and kind of looks looks awkwardly deciding whether or not to go inside that's all right you're doing a you're doing a wonderful job it's thank you for looking after tim um like reaches out to like pet the cat gingerly i think this is one of the few interactions that bosco would be like ginger you know as it's an, an elderly person <laughs> uh, you must be close to to be the person he'd turn to to look after look after tim there oh I don't think he really had many, many friends. Yeah, well, still, you, you say, what, yesterday? He asked you to look after him. That's right. Well, how was he? I mean, you must have talked fairly often for him to come to you. Was he, was he doing all right? Did he seem upset or scared? Or? Uh, no, no, he just said he was going away for a weekend. Going away for a weekend. Um, does he do that often? No, 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 no never. He doesn't really have uh, many guests or anything. Well, that's that's strange. The George I knew was a very, very personable guy. I mean, lots of friends, lots of people about. I mean, I, I'm sure you must have seen at least one or two friends come over. And, you know. Oh, just his his daughter. Oh, I showed his daughter, young woman, from time to time. Yeah. How long have uh, how long have you been neighbors? Oh. I've been here it's, uh, almost it was after after I was in Pittsburgh so 
September uh, September 2021 I moved here George was already living here at that, at that time I, I assume you went over and introduced yourself you know seem, you seem like the type maybe you uh oh yeah any other neighbors that I don't know kept similar hours similar hours he, he was, I don't know um, he's always quite quiet about what he did for work he seemed to uh, do some work from home uh, and go out and work sometimes and other times a young woman would come over but that was only recently um i think um give me a uh give me either a persuasion or a relative social skill from each of you oh shit all right uh eight versus ten success oh lucky um she says, um, he spent a lot of time at that cafe. Um, he always went to a frequent that, 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 that diner. Um, it was a grungy place uh, in downtown. Um, extravaganza, it's called. Um, I also got a 53 versus a 66, which is success. Um, I think at this point, I'm probably just like going with um, whatever Bosco's doing, because he's like, whatever it is, it's obviously working. So maybe I'm just kind of smiling and, you know, occasionally patting the cat. Yeah, as you um, reach over and, and pat the cat, it kind of lets out a little meow. You notice that it's um, got some bandages on it. It appears to be like in a bit of discomfort. Um, it's not well. And you notice um, that the bandages um, are covering up some boils. Uh. Do you know how Tim got these? Oh, he's, he's on medication. He's not well. He's old. <sighs> these things happen as you get older. You'll see. That's looks like a pretty nasty injury. You said that you've been taking him to the vet? Uh, not yet, uh, but I have some cash if, if I need to or get uh, a refill on the medication. I've got enough for now. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm an old friend of George. And I mean, if he trusted you with Tim, then I'm sure he would want his friends to, to help you with that. And you can't be left with all of it. And again, Bosco will like pull out, I don't know, like 20, 30 bucks, something, whatever he has in his pocket. <laughs> and go and be like, yeah, for, for Tim's bills. And, you know, we, we appreciate you being such a good neighbor. Oh, oh yeah. you don't need to do that. That is, he left me plenty of cash. It's, it's okay. But, um, can, can I just ask what what what's what's is something happened to George? Uh well, is, is there like a? Um, I mean, I don't know about this part of the U.S. Is there like a chair on the porch or anything like a little table or anything? Yeah, she's got like patio furniture, just like a wooden seat. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I would like gingerly pat her on the shoulder. Like, you might you might want to sit down, man. We, we can we can talk a little bit, but um, why, why don't you let uh, my my partner here take a look at Tim? He he looks like uh, maybe he got into something, something he, you know, shouldn't have. That George shouldn't have been leaving around. He was absent-minded from time to time. Uh, okay, and she sort of confusedly passes you, passes you the cat. Just be careful. He's he's not well. Okay, <laughs> take the diseased cat. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Bosco will like look to you and be like the fingers um, yeah. and then turn back to the lady and, and just start, you know, again, trying to very 
gingerly and carefully and kindly explain to her that, you know, George has gotten himself mixed up in something, um, and she probably won't be seeing him again, um, but the daughter will come by soon. And oh, dear. Yes, if I see the, the daughter, I will, I will let her, let her know, of course. Is he, is he, is he okay, George? Ah, um, no, ma'am, it, it pains me to say that, well, um, and, you know, leading back to that earlier conversation, um, he's, he's with the Lord now. He, uh, he's not going to be coming home anytime soon. Uh, and that's why it's so important that we talk to you as a, a good neighbor, somebody he trusted, somebody he clearly cared about as he asked you to take care of Tim. If there was anything you saw or anyone you met that might have intended him harm or somebody came around who just didn't belong here, you know? She slumps back in a chair and kind of puts a hand on her head and kind of slumps back. Um, give me a... A, a pers uh, another either persuasion charm <laughs> all things are real bad at I'll go with charm uh, it's a 34 versus 15 to fail she slumps back on a chair and sort of touches her head and says oh dear George oh my goodness oh George and um, yeah she sort of uh, kind of blocks off a little bit I mean, yeah, I mean, Bosco, again, at this point, he, he certainly won't, like, you know, try to um, physically comfort him, her, because he would feel, like, weird about that. She is a stranger. Um, but say, no, I, I understand. I, I knew him for many years. It's it's hard news, um, and I'm sorry to be the one to deliver it. But we just, you know, it's important um, that we try to learn everything we can. When I knew him, he was a good man. Um, but this thing he's got mixed in up, there's... Ma'am, this is gonna upset you, but there's a there's a missing little girl, and we gotta find her. Um, she's sort of quite flustered as she's she's holding her head now, and she's like, "Oh, um, I need to, I need to go in. I'm, I need to just to go inside and, and sit down." And she just goes to stand up. Why don't we all go inside, and uh, Frank here can put on some tea, and uh, I'll just make sure that that Tim's okay. All right. That's that's a good idea. She nods. And um, tries to pull herself up out of the seat and shuffle inside. And yeah, she points out where the tea is, and and um, you know you all find yourself sitting around the her dining room table. Um, as you finally make her a tea, she's sort of shaking as as, as she she puts it up to her lips, and she says, oh, "Honestly, I, I oh I haven't seen anyone or anything other than, like I said, the young woman was coming around once or twice." I assumed it was his daughter. I didn't ask. Um, long hair, young, maybe 30 years old. That's all I... Quite pretty. That's all I, I remember, honestly. Sorry, what color hair? Oh, brown or blonde? Uh, maybe light, light brown. I mean, does that fit the description of his daughter? Like, I, I saw he has a daughter and a name, but I don't know anything about the daughter. Um, give me a luck roll. See if you've ever met the daughter Nicole. 38 versus 60. That's a success. That's a success. Um, you know that Nicole has, at least when you knew her, uh, black hair. Mm. You know, as a teenager, tattoos, piercings. Yeah, I mean, uh, recognizing that he's already kind of 
screwed the pooch on this. Um, hearing that description, Bosco will just continue pouring tea, but like look at Theo and like shake his head no. As if to indicate like that's not the daughter. Alright, well. Um let's let's look at this cat, I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can give me a um a medicine roll. Or if you've got a, like a natural sciences or something. What have I got? So I think we worked out medicine was not good. Uh, yeah, okay, let's do... Natural world? Let's do natural world. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's 100 versus 10. I don't know what a cat is. Uh, that's a failure. <laughs> um, you you, you um, sort of put the cat down and try to peel away one of these bandages to get a closer look at the sores and the, and the cat like rears up and, and hits you a couple of times with its paws um, before as agile as this old cat can be it, it, it rushes off into a different part of the house she says oh Tim yes, uh, uh, the neighbour tries to get up for a second I think it would be a good idea to take Tim to the vet well he's, he's got medication um He's on antibiotics for for the the sores. They said there's not really much else they can do for hope that it clears up. At least that's what uh, George said. Uh, do you do you know which vet in town George takes him to? Uh, I've got the the number here somewhere. She sort of stands up and shuffles over towards the fridge and pulls down a piece of paper and passes it to you. Oh, thank you. And yeah, it's just a, a local vet, just not far from here. Okay, well, I'm probably going to defer to Bosco on this one, um, as to whether or not he thinks there's anything else that we need to be asking, but I, I don't think we're getting much else out of this one. Yeah, I, like, I, I really think um, mindset-wise, like, Bosco is, is pretty concerned that he's upset her in, in the sense, again, there's few things that he respects, but the elderly is one of them. He's kind of old school. Um, not to say that's not something we all do, um, but in that weird old school sense where he's called her ma'am the whole time. And, um, but he will say, without indicating whether it's the daughter or not, um, well... Listen, ma'am, uh, we, we really appreciate your time and, and your help on this, and thank you for looking after Tim. We just, um, this, this, this girl who came over, uh, it's the last time you saw her. Oh, goodness. Maybe, uh, maybe three, three days ago. Three days ago. And did you happen to see, uh, what kind of car she was driving, or, I mean, she had to have parked down in the garage, um, or out front? Give me a luck roll. Oh, seven versus sixty, extreme success. She says, "Um, uh, uh, some kind of Ford sedan. Ooh. It was a uh, light brown color." Uh, exchange knowing glances. Uh, well, uh, thank you for having us in. Uh, thank you for the tea and your time. And again, thank you for looking after Tim. You're a you're you're a good one. Uh, and keep your eye out on this neighborhood. I mean, you're obviously doing a good job looking after your neighbors, and we appreciate that. Um, and we'll look over to, to Theo like you got anything else, because I'm starting to feel like we're encroaching too much on this lady's space. Uh, again, thank you for your time, ma'am. Uh, is there anyone that we can call for you? Oh. Do you need anyone to come over? 
I don't have, have have anything to be worried about, do I? Should I be worried? No, of course not. But it's obviously it's obviously rough news. So, how about this? How about I give you my card, and if you do need to chat about anything, you can give me a call. Uh, okay. Yes. Oh, th- thank you. That'd be lovely. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see police in and out. You might see something on the news, but don't worry yourself too much over it. Oh goodness. Okay. And yeah, she um she she goes to 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 see you out and thank you thank you once again. Yeah, once we're outside and out of earshot, uh, Bosco will like look at Theo and be like, uh, yeah. Um, sorry about that. I I thought that we had. I don't know. I thought I thought maybe she could tell us something, but. Car though, and the girl. That's not his daughter. We got some out of it, maybe. You think we got the driver? We might. Not the driver. Somebody. Somebody involved. Somebody involved enough that they were coming over here to talk to him. Fairly regular. At that point, Nicole, uh, your phone um, you know, vibrates, pings off. Um, you've got a text from Lucy Bates saying that she's got the records, and also. Uh, that Nicole is here. Well, looks like the daughter and our records are waiting for us back at the station. Well, uh, is there anything else you think we uh, need to check out here? I mean, we've we've looked the place over. Um, but if anything else springs to mind, before we go, now's the time. Yeah, I'm probably just going to pull out the, um, the bag that's got the book in it and say... I think we've got all we're gonna get from here. Yeah. All right. Give me give me one second, and I'll uh, I'll pull the car around. Um, and Bob's just gonna like dip his head in, and again, just be a total dick, and be like cleaning supplies, anything caustic, uh, bleach, lye, anything like that, anything. Look for it. Look. Check the sinks. Find me something to do with uh, something that could have burned off fingerprints and scalded a cat. Alright, thank you. Uh, and then dip back out and go get the car. Okay, Chief. What is this Franklin gas problem? <laughs> He's looking for a fucking promotion is his problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah you, you, head, you head back into, you know, uh, you, you head back and grab the car in this, this rain and this storm and, um, yeah, pull it around front. Uh, so Theo can hop in and you guys, I assume, can head back to the police station. You also got the the, the, the name and the sort of the rough address of this um, cafe that she said that um, George frequents, the Extravaganza Diner. Which is a great name for a diner. Um, <laughs> I think on the ride, uh, Bosco's probably at first going to like put on some of that, you know, quality, this is a winner music. Um, but at some point, you know, it's probably not too far of a drive, but to, to say to Theo, like, uh, yeah, well, kind of zoned out back there. Apologies for that, but appreciate you taking the lead. You've got a, you got a good eye for this, you know, totally condescendingly, but trying to be friendly. Yeah, well, I guess I'd hope so. I mean... Yeah, I'm sorry, go. I'm sorry. I I guess this must be hard. Ah, uh, well, I wouldn't have thought George would uh, end up like this, or any of us. Uh, I don't know. You never know. 
Not to press it again, but... Was he somebody who... Well... What were his dating habits? Who was this woman likely to be? Oh, I don't don't know about that. Um, I mean... He's good at his job. Fairly personable. Easy to get along with. Didn't ask uh, too many pressing questions. Good drinker. That's about it. That's about all I got. He, uh, to my memory, didn't take the job home as much as some of us, which is part of the surprise of all this. So you just can't see a world in which George Lewitson does this? Oh, I see it. I certainly see it. Um, I mean, like I said, it could happen to any of us. I just don't see it without an excite force. Like, this is not something that George is going to wake up and just decide, oh, today I'm going to go kidnap and murder myself for a child that I'm stealing from a religious cult. That wasn't... He's not... I don't know how to say it, but he's not one of them. You know, he's not the folks that we look into. Till he was. I mean... None of this seems to add up. I mean, if you're going to go and commit an atrocity and kill yourself, you get the neighbor to look after the cat? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess... It's shady to say, but I guess his training served him well. Burn off your fingertips, cover your tracks, throw everything out of the apartment, neighbor watch the cat. Not leaving us too much to go off. I could only assume that, uh, however he got involved with this, whoever tapped him, they knew he'd do a good job. How um, many? I guess he says that with like a odd reverence, considering the situation. Like, you know, ah, oh, what a good criminal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say probably about this point would be when you um, pull back up to the the building of the Cleveland Police Department. Um, yeah, look, I think on that note, I'd probably just get out of the car and make my way up to Lucy's office. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you see Lucy is sitting there on her, her laptop and um, she stands up as she sees the two of you approaching. Any luck at George's house? <sighs> Not as much as we could have hoped. Seems to have cleaned up after himself. Right. We got this book. An injured cat, and potentially a description of the driver of the sedan. You got a description? Yeah. Okay. Um, and she is going to, you know, call over uh, Chief Kim McNatt as well, um, as you um, begin to, you know, allow you to, to describe this, the description of this woman, at least as, you know, you heard it from, from the neighbor. Um, this is a female Caucasian probably about 30 years old with um, long dark blonde hair um this might be a nothing like a nothing burger like just totally pointless but in this modern age of uh, you know everyone having security cameras uh, there must be like either the parking garage or some shop across the street or something that has a camera nearby that apartment um, and Bosco would like flag on that and say, look, we've got the basic description. We've got a description of the car. We've got times. 
there has to be somewhere that we can get a photo. There's got to be. I mean, there's not a street corner, and he gets all, you know, crazy about it. There's not a street corner in this goddamn country where there's not a camera looking at you. Lucy um, sort of perks up at that and says, yeah, maybe. Maybe we don't even need to go back a couple of days. Maybe we can try and find cameras leading out of this big box store earlier tonight. We also know the last time that George's home was yesterday morning. Right. Right. Yeah, we've got a car. We've got somebody visiting. We've got a time he left. We've got cause. We've got time. There's got to be a way we can connect them all. I mean, again, cameras, man. Cameras. Yeah. And sounds like the preacher for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, first and uh, foremost, um, she says, uh, Lucy uh, looks at the both of you and says, well, for now I got... Medical records and court records. Yeah. She's, she's clearly uh, printed these out. The first um, pages that she gives to you are on Regina Balfour's medical records. Um, yeah, and there's actually, like, yeah, there's a ream of them. Um, Regina suffers from a, a litany of chronic illnesses as you, as you flick through this. Um, but the most, is, the most serious one is the one that the mother mentioned, um, pulmonary obstruction. It shows that she, she takes this steroid medication to, to breathe effectively. And um, without it, um, she'll have trouble breathing. She'll gradually slip into severe um, oxygen deficit, which can kill her. She could live a, a day, maybe a week, without her medication pump. Um, there's only like one whiff of anything that sounds like possible mistreatment over the five years of her life. And that was that... Um, and even that is pretty s- small fish. It's just um, that... She was seen by the doctor for head lice a few weeks ago. It is, but it's it is, but it's not. Um, I mean, I, I think Bosco's immediate question on that after looking at the the records is: Did she go to a public school, or was she homeschooled? Uh, hmm. Lucy looks and says, um, "I believe she was homeschooled." Yeah. Well, then lice is something. If she, I mean, if it was, if she was around other kids, if she was public school, if she was even a private school, like. Of the age, yeah. I mean, lice, that's... Overlook it, it's nothing. But homeschooled means she was somewhere. Somewhere different, somewhere new, some environment that had lice around people that might have been able to pass that to her. So, some kind of lead, somewhere different, something new. Maybe we can press that. Lucy kind of cocks an eyebrow and says, seems like a long bow to draw, I mean family had a church chapel out the back I'm sure people were coming and going all the time pretty hard to to narrow that one down maybe I, I hear you hard to narrow it down people come and go all the time but it's uh it hadn't happened before so it's a change of behavior I'm not saying it's the smoking gun just I mean look if I walk in somewhere and I end up with lice then we know we're in the right place right and again laughs at his own joke right well, anyway, um, here are the court records, uh, and she um, hands you these um, child welfare, I guess, um, local court records on the Balfours. And Lucy says, um, neither Balfour has any criminal convictions, just squeaky clean in, in that regard. Squeaky, squeaky clean. But uh, a child welfare investigator named Lindsay Peel started showing up and conducting a series of uh, welfare checks on Regina about three years ago. Um, 
Apparently they were polite to her, nothing came of it, for about a year. But then, uh, two years ago, Mrs. Peel apparently shows up on the doorstep with a bunch of local police officers. She serves them with papers, accusing them of child abuse. And, um, court records show that the Balfours had no idea what she was talking about. And, uh, apparently she wouldn't explain them, explain anything to them. Court records about the, 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 the child abuse claim, they, uh show that it was a non-criminal complaint from two years ago alleging child neglect and abuse aimed at moving Regina into foster care and, and terminating the Balfour's parental rights. So, the complaint, you can look over it yourself, it's pretty long in rhetoric about a dangerous household, but short on details, and everything is based on an unnamed, and she does like air quotes, uh, confidential source. Uh, Lindsay Peel signed the affidavit, and... Uh, that began the process of removing Regina, who was then three, from their care, and this resulted in Regina being put in emergency temporary foster care at some county-operated shelter sold in there. Um, the county obtained several uh, continuances and managed to drag out this court hearing for a while. Finally, the Balfours had a chance to defend themselves at court, and, um, yeah, at the, the court hearing, uh, uh, the county attorney dis dismissed it pretty much immediately, um, Regina was returned straight back to her parents. Um, the judge openly was, was pretty scathing, questioning the motivation and, yeah, the motivation for the petition in the first place. Um, the judge is this quote, the utter lack of any evidence of abuses. Um, the judge even threatened to hold Miss Peel in contempt of court if she ever tried anything like this again. The date on that, uh, does it match up with uh, any ATF investigations? Um, it doesn't, no. Frank's just gonna assume that it was a smoke and mirror to try to get them to make some mistakes. Like, regardless of evidence, he's just like, uh, this was a sanctioned move to try to get the girl out of the house to see what they would do. Um, it looks like, so um, another... it looks like this, this, um, child protective services woman Lindsay Peel, um, yeah, it seems as though they, they tried to do everything that they could to, like, drag this case out as long as possible. Yeah. But then finally, the moment it went to court, it was immediately thrown out. So, but for the whole time that the investigation was going on, that Regina wasn't in the house? No, she was in county foster care. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, Frank will <clears throat> vocalize that to, to Theo. Like, this, to me, looks like the kind of tactic that at least I, if I was part of a task force, would take to put pressure on the family. Not anything substantial. What do you think? Ethical considerations aside from forcibly removing a child from a house to try and get the parents to slip up? Well... I, I think we need to talk to this officer. Yeah, Lindsay Peel, huh? Let's see if we can look into her. And um, Kim McNatt says, yep. I'll get on to that. Uh, what about local pharmacies? Has anyone reported any theft... Not yet, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, we're keeping those channels open. This isn't the kind of thing that is just on a shelf waiting to be picked up, like they would have to. Yeah. I assume they would have to get, um, like a pharmacist or whatever to. Yeah, exactly. It's not something that you can pick up over the counter. They would have to somehow get a script or, like your instincts, like break in and steal it or something. Yeah, we need to, we need to lead. We need to beat the streets on this. We're, we're losing time. Spinning wheels. Um, Lucy says um, the, the daughter's here as well. She's already spoken to some detectives. 
Mm. Yeah. How was she treated? How did she come in? What was her uh, disposition? Does she know? Um, did she see the body? She seen the body, yeah. Said that they hadn't spoken in a while. Anybody clock her reaction? I mean, was she shocked? Was she... I know it's callous, but... How was she? How is she? She's, um... I would say in shock, yeah. If she hasn't spoken to him for a while, she might... There might be a reason. She might know if and when he started changing his behaviours, changing who he associated with. She might know this other woman. I think we need to talk to her. This is going to be another, you know, another example of one of those moments where Bosco's just going to be like, ah, Theo, <laughs> do the talking because I'm just going to play a part. You know, uh, uh, I wasn't sure if I had met the daughter until we rolled earlier, and I obviously had. Yes. Um, so now it's kind of like my role is to not interrogate her. So. Oh, you're not going to go in at all? No, I'm going to go in, but I'm, I'm going to play the, you know, concerned family friend who wants to comfort her, not mm -hmm. the the questioning officer. Uh, but before we ever got there, I would clarify this, that I'm not trying to uh, slow us down, but, you know, since we have established that I have met her at least once, um, I can't exactly walk in and be like, tell us about your dad, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that is all uh, perfectly uh, reasonable. Yeah, cool. So you, um, the two of you, uh, make your way to the interrogation room. Um, led there, and um, you can already see from the outside, a young woman, Nicole, looks a little different from when you first met her as a child, but still the same, still the same person. She's got very short crew cut, black hair, slicked back, a little wet from the rain, and uh, a few piercings. She's wearing a motorcycle jacket. A tall, thin woman. Yeah, I, I stop at the, uh, what's it called? The, like, vending machines to, I don't know, like, grab her an orange soda or something. Like, something I would remember that she enjoyed at some point. Probably doesn't now, you know. But, like, the one time I met her, she was like, oh, I love purple soda or <laughs> something like that. Um, and grab one of those to bring in. And Bosco will, will not sit at, you know, opposite from her. We'll sit um, kind of between um, her and... Uh, and Theo at the table to try to establish, like, you know, we're friends. And enter the room, offering that and providing condolences immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's, you know, sitting at this table. As, as the two of you enter, she, she looks up and then looks across at you, Bosco, and recognizes you. And she she stands up. And she's like, Frank. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Nicole. Uh, it's horrible news. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's going on? Well, have a seat. Uh, like, again, pass her the, like... It, again, she, I, I would assume she probably doesn't still drink orange soda. But, like, pass the orange soda. Like, have a seat. You know, don't try to calm yourself down. Um, and we, we've, we've got a couple things to talk about. My partner here would like to ask some questions. But we just... We're, we're really worried about... Uh, what happened with George? I mean, it's been a lot of years. How have you been? She um, sort of looks at the orange soda and smiles and, and sits down and actually picks up the cold can and presses it against the head. And she says, um, I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been okay. I've been okay. So you're still doing the ATF thing, huh? Oh, uh, I mean, I 
I consult these days. It was a lot. It was a lot of years. You know how it was. Uh, sure. But I'm, I'm just thankful that they called me over this, because, I mean, somebody's got to look out for y'all. And again, try to do that whole, like, we're buddies bullshit. Yeah, she's, um, you know, um, comforted by your presence. You can give me a psychology roll, both of you. <laughs> I'm a 73 versus 40 fail. <laughs> I'm an 84 versus 55 failure. Yeah, um, just kind of hard to read. Um, very stern, stoic-looking uh, woman. She doesn't look as though she's been crying or anything. She looks quite well-composed, but you're not sure whether that comes down to character or whether she knows something. Um... Uh, I guess basketball start um, in the hopes that I can open a door for you and just say, like, look, Nicole, I spent a lot of years uh, and there's there's a lot that I had known George for a long time. He's a good man when I knew him, but I don't know him now. Uh, I still think he's a good man. Um, but let me ask you this. Got any new girlfriends? Anybody you've heard about? Because we've been told that he was seeing this... <laughs> I hate to say it, but younger girl. Blonde. I came around his place quite a bit. Maybe a girlfriend, maybe just a friend, but... What? I don't know. I mean... George, I knew. I mean, he loved you. Y'all were close. Maybe he talked to you about her. We weren't that close. I mean, I saw him. Last time I saw him was his birthday, and that was fine. I mean, you know, all this aside, I, I did love him, but he didn't exactly, him and I didn't exactly see eye to eye on certain aspects of my lifestyle. I mean, he's still a good man, but I wish we were closer. Yep, just nod, and again, that's the, I'm trying to open the door, not dominate them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, at this point, I'm, yeah, I'll... I'll sort of take the seat and, and just say uh, I am very sorry for your loss Nicole uh, my name's Theo as Frank said we're working to get to the bottom of all of this and I was just really hoping that you could help us yeah Yeah. you say that you haven't spoken to your father in a while and that perhaps there's some underlying issues there but did you notice a changing in him at all recently? Uh, no, I mean, like I said, last time I saw him was his birthday. That was, um, that was the beginning of the year. It was a while ago. What's this girlfriend? Mm, a neighbor said that he would be occasionally visited by a young woman, maybe early thirties, uh, dark blonde hair. Here. Um, give me a persuade, please. Um, or, or charm, whichever you prefer. Let's look. Let's go charm because I guess that's the that's the setup from from Bosco there. <laughs> uh, Ninety-two versus fifty-five. It's a failure. Oh no! Not so charming. She um she she sort of shakes her head and continues to put this this soda on her on her forehead. This is cold can of orange soda. Um, she, she says, like I said, I, I have no idea if he was seeing anyone. If he was, he'd never mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't a girlfriend. I I just assumed uh, he's a fairly charming man in his own way. Um, apologies. 
who knows? Maybe it's just an associate. But I had hoped that it might be somebody that you'd seen with him. There's just so much that we're wondering about. Uh, I'm sure you are, too. Yeah. Did he talk about joining a new community? Did he speak about church? What? No. Well, let's... Listen. You might you might get angry with me about this, and, and it's okay. You can get angry. I've known you since you were fucking knee-high to a cricket, so get angry if you want. But look, you look like you've had some making your time. And hey, who hasn't? But I never knew George to be the kind who would go get some, like, some serious work done. But he had this. Check this out. Um, and, like, push the drawing of the tattoo to her. What? Tell you about this? Definitely never seen that. Well, I mean, I... What, what is that? Yeah, he... Apparently he went for the... Kind of the hardcore shoulder tat marking. I, I was surprised. It didn't seem like his style. No, I mean, he always gave me grief. He didn't tell you about this? No. That's really weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> look, to, look to Theo like... The fuck, man? <laughs> what do we say? Shit. How many... Tattoo parlors in town. Oh, this heaps. It's a big city. Hmm. Uh. I mean, sounds like you guys didn't really talk about ink, but you would never have mentioned where you go. No, I, I, I never told him. Tried to hide them best I could. Well, I had hoped this had been some kind of thing where the two of you had gone to get some tattoos and it was, you know, like, I don't know, a friendly bonding moment, not something different. Um, by all accounts, he's not been himself lately. And what, you haven't seen him since his birthday? Like, have you talked? Has he called you? I mean, he must have, right? Like I said, we... I didn't exactly see eye to eye. Um, actually, well, I brought my girlfriend to his birthday and it wasn't really his thing. Put it that way. What? George, George, got upset about that? Really? <laughs> well, I guess we all get cantankerous in our old age and like scratches at his gray and his beard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you obviously felt that you could bring your girlfriend to meet your father. It's sort of what I've been looking for here, Nicole. Like, was the reaction something you expected? It, yeah. I was worried. He, it wasn't like... He didn't, like, fly off the handle or anything, but I could tell he just didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Before you stopped talking as much, did you ever go get a meal together? Um, yeah, from time to time. Do you have a favorite place? <laughs> this shithole little cafe. I used to love it. Yeah, it's egg, eggs, excellent or something. Extravaganza. Yes. Is that the one? That's the one. 
Yeah, they do a hell of a Benny, right? I guess. Can, I mean, can you fill me in on exactly what's what's happened? <laughs> oh, Bosco won't say anything. He'll he'll look to to Theo like, can we? You know, but with that eyebrow raise of like, I I want to tell them everything, but can we? There's an ongoing investigation, and unfortunately, I'm obligated not to share any details. I apologize. From what they told me, there was a second person involved. You think it's what? Did you think? Do you think it's his girlfriend? We don't know. We know that this this other person uh, that was involved could have been the girlfriend of the driver, or, you know, or they could have been a third person or a fourth person. We don't we don't know yet. What we do know uh, is that George was not himself. And we're trying to find out why. Yeah. I wish I knew. We're hoping to get some answers on that soon, too. Let me ask you this. Um, and I'm sorry if this is hard to answer, but over the years, right, the job is hard. Um, we keep what we can to ourselves. We protect our families. Uh, but did George ever indicate to you that he was investigating a uh, religious cult, a group called the Bale Force? He ever rant to you or get so attached to the moment that he seemed out of place, focused on this particular group? It happens. Give me a final uh, charm, please. I'm going to say. All right. Oh, shit. Eight versus 15. Uh, success. She um she shakes her head and finally cracks open the can. He never really wanted to talk to me about work. It's just funny because I work with children, too. I'm a teacher. But uh, he was always... I'm much closer with Lindsay talking about that kind of thing. Lindsay? Um, is is this a connection I would know or no? Lindsay. Lindsay Peel? The ex-wife. Lindsay Peel is the mm. name of, no, it's not his ex-wife's name. Um, Lindsay Peel. Uh, Lindsay Peel was the name of the, the child services person oh. who put the case up against the Balfours all those years ago. So you're saying that your father knew Lindsay Peel? Lindsay Peel, yeah, she's, she's my cousin. What? Wait, how did you know her last name? Yeah, it's, it's all right. Uh, it's just a... Uh, What's going on? Somebody we've worked with in the past. Don't don't stress too much. We appreciate what you've told us. Like Again, it's been hard. Um, and look, you knew your father better than any of us, so... You know how this goes. You're gonna you're gonna see some shit on the TV. You're gonna see some shit on the news. But there's no answers yet, so you know what you know, and don't let it get to you. All right. Well, if anything comes up, can I? Yeah, passes a card immediately. Yeah, she takes it, tucks it into a jacket pocket, and like has another sip of the the orange soda and puts it down, and kind of awkwardly sort of waits a moment before like figuring out whether she should head for the door yeah um 
thank you. And we appreciate how hard this has been. Right. Yeah. I'll call you if anything comes to mind. Yeah. Um, and awkward as it may be, when the arrangements are made, please call me. I'll be there. You see she finally kind of um, looks away, like breaks eye contact and like for the first time looks incredibly sad and takes a deep breath and um, looks back at you, Theo, and gives you a nod and, and goes to to make a way out of the room. Yeah, like I'll, I'll get up and open the door for her. And I'll probably, you know, shut it and turn back to Bosco. So Lindsay Peel is George Lewitson's what niece? Yeah, didn't know that. Um, yeah, well, it's a lead. I uh, <clears throat> I need a minute. Just I'll come out in a second. And I think this is the moment where he's gonna like take that final step to be like, okay, this is a job now, <laughs> you know, and stop being stop being connected to it. Yeah, yeah, the bear's probably just gonna, like, shrug and say, do what you have to do. Um, and I will go and try and find the address or otherwise contacts for this Lindsay Peel. Um, yeah. If you do that, upon notifying, uh, Lucy Bates about it, um, there's all of a sudden a big kerfuffle in the police station. So they now have a, um, you know, an ID on uh, potentially the second perp, um, so there's all this movement as, you know, the IDs get updated, um, you know, people are looking up addresses, names, all that sort of stuff, any connections. And um, after a moment, you, you find yourselves um, in the briefing room um, with uh, Kim McNatt, uh, Lucy Bates, and uh, a few other officers. And uh, Kim McNatt sort of addresses you and says, right, we got to move quickly. We're going to go hit this address. Um, these abductors have already shown that they can be armed and dangerous, so we're going to have to bring uh, a SWAT team with us. With all respect, we know how this goes if SWAT comes. Lucy sort of nods, and she says, if they have to come, they're going to wait in the wings. Let us go up and talk to them first, if, if, if they're at home. No, no, no. Bring them. Bring the SWAT have our backup, but we're first in, first out. Yeah. Kim nods. Uh, I think this is the first moment in, in what we've played so far where Bosco, like, is suddenly, like, alive. Like, this is literally the shit he lives for, where he, like, suddenly smiles. Um, and, like, almost, like, pats Theo on the shoulder and is like, well, we've got some work to do. Let's get on it. Yeah. You know, you guys gear up. As, uh, so does this, this, this SWAT team of, I, I guess, you know, what you'd probably view as like yahoos um, that go to, to drive out as well. You've got your weapons with you. Um, you get given bulletproof uh, jackets as well. Uh, and finally um, begin to roll out. I assume Bosco, you take, take your car. Theo and Lucy, you, you, you ride up in the, the FBI, the black, black Dodge Charger. And yeah, siren on and following behind you is this, um, this police SWAT van as you uh, take out into the night, under the rain, towards the address of Lindsay Peel. I reckon um, it's 
probably a good spot to leave it, right? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the door knock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh we'll see what happens next time. Thanks again and uh yeah. See you guys later. Yeah. Looking forward to it already. Thanks guys. No worries. See ya. Bye. <laughs>